Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. And now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. We thank you oh so much. So pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of me to Z in the word heaven, if we'll turn to Philippians in chapter 2. This reads, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now, of course, this is a letter of Paul to the church at Philippi, helping them along as they grow as a new church, as it continues. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Paul given a few good pointers there to the church at Philippi. And of course there, speaking of that everyone, everything is going to kneel down before Jesus Christ. It says things in heaven and things in earth. And I like there the way he put that in verse 15. It sure seems to be current today. It reads that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Boy, that sure hits home these days, doesn't it? Crooked and perverse nation. This nation sure is getting more and more perverse by the day. And as he pointed out there, when we can open up and let the light of Jesus Christ shine right through us into the world around us, maybe they'll be able to see that light and respond to that light and 
being drawn to that light and see the pathway to get to Jesus Christ. And we share that light and we share that love. We do what He tells us to do. Stay in His perfect will. And in, in verse 13 again, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Follow the will of God. Do His pleasure, not your own. And know that you can be a light in this crooked and perverse nation. I now turn to Philippians chapter 3 and in verse 20. and reads, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Our conversation, our communication, our connection, that constant connection that we have, we should keep that always going, as full strength as we possibly can, to pray without ceasing. And that communion between our Spirit and the Holy Ghost and the Heavenly Father, all going, all the time. Listen up to that, abide by that. And know that he points out here about how we're going to be able to be like Jesus Christ. We're going to be given a glorified body. We don't know exactly what it's going to be like, but we know it's going to be beyond what we can possibly imagine and awesome splendor, and we're going to be like him. He tells us that over in the small epistle of John also. All right, now turn to Colossians in chapter 1. Here we see again about the Creator, Jesus Christ, who spoke everything into existence and holds everything into existence. In Colossians chapter 1, pick it up verse 12. Speaking to the church at Colossae, a letter of Paul, teaching them about the power and the majesty of Jesus Christ. He was giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus Christ we have redemption, we have through His finished work, through His shed blood, the availability of forgiveness. We merely need to reach out, accept that free gift, be washed in His blood, be forgiven of all of our sins. Verse 15, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Speaking of Jesus Christ, He spoke everything into existence. In the heavens and in the earth, everything, the whole created the whole atmosphere, the, all the cosmos, all the planets, every universe, everything in existence, He spoke it into existence. And he holds it in existence, as he says here in verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. 
He is holding everything together. Not mankind. Mankind cannot save this planet. Mankind cannot destroy this planet. It's in the power of Jesus Christ to do both. Can we trash it? Can we neglect it? Can we mess it up? Can we pollute it and make it unhealthy to live here? Sure. We see a lot of signs of that. Therefore, we need to be good stewards and take care of what he's blessed us with. But don't become delusional and obsessive like some of these climate change wackos think that we're controlling the weather. as beyond our ability. The Lord has that into control. He's only going to tolerate us so far, and then he's going to do what needs to be done to preserve this planet in the way that he wants it preserved, right up to the point when he's going to destroy it. As he continues, And he, Jesus Christ, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Everything, all of existence is going to answer to Jesus Christ. All right, now turn on over to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. Set of verses that are repeated and memorized, and really look forward to the event known as the rapture. Now, in the King James Version of the Bible, you don't have the word rapture. Rapture is actually a transliteration of a Latin word which is found in the Latin Vulgate. And it's transliterated into the word rapture, and that word means to be caught up. And we see that in verse 17, be caught up together. And it's talking about gathering up to be up with the Lord, just like we have the record of Enoch being taken up to be with the Lord. We have, and of course, Jesus Christ himself was taken up to be with the Lord, sits on the right hand of the Heavenly Father. So we also will be taken up. He told us in John chapter 14 that he's gone to prepare a place for us and he would return and receive us to be with him. So he's going to come and receive us to be with him. And we will always be with him. And here we see that event being explained by Paul in a letter to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's look at this a little bit closer. Because it is a set of verses that has a lot of different attitudes, opinions, ideas, theories, speculation, all about this set of verses here. And dig right into it here. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. When he's saying here asleep, he's talking about the Christians that have passed away, physically died. Or is that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. See, we have hope, which is that confident anticipation and expectation of the fulfillment of the promises and prophecies of God. We have that. We born-again Christians have that. The lost out there don't have that. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Jesus Christ will bring these souls with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Looking a little deeper into this word prevent here, it means not to proceed before. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, from heaven, from the heaven of heavens, from the third heaven, from the right hand of the Father, coming down into the clouds. He's with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. This dead in Christ rising first is they will receive their glorified bodies first. They we read about over in Corinthians about receiving that glorified body. And here we see that the first ones that receive their glorified body are those that are born-again Christians that have died physically. And then those that are alive when this event is unfolding will then receive their glorified bodies. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Notice, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're going to meet him in the air. Because he's not coming all the way down to the earth and establishing the millennial kingdom yet. Because we've got to know that that's a different event. But just as I said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verses 51 through 58, it speaks of us receiving a body that is going to be different than what we have now. It's going to be incorruptible and it's going to be immortal. And we're going to be having victory over death. There will be no more sting of death. And all that is by the strength and the power of Jesus Christ, by His finished work. So receiving that glorified body, being raptured up to be with Him, and to always be with Him from that moment forward. 
So he's going to come down from the heaven of heavens into the air, call all of us up to be with him, rapture us up, because that's what he says in verse 17 there, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That's where we get the word rapture, to be caught up to be with him in the clouds. And then from there, we go to the judgment seat of Christ, and the tribulation kicks in down here, and all kinds of terrible stuff goes on. But up there, we'll have the Lamb's Supper, and we'll have judgment, we'll have rewards, we'll be given our assignments that we'll be able to participate in the work of the Lord for the thousand years when He comes down and establishes the Millennial Kingdom. So much ahead of us. It's so awesome. It's so exciting when you really get into it. All right, now turn on over to Second Thessalonians in chapter 1. And Second Thessalonians, once again, another letter to the church at Thessalonica, written by Paul. And Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus and to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth, which is exactly what they were supposed to be doing. So that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer." pointing out the sufferings and persecutions for being a God-glorifying Christian. More and more of that going on in the world today, increasing terribly. The horrible treatment of the Christians being slaughtered, being persecuted, horribly treated, ridiculed, as it continues, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. We can have a little bit of of peace and consolation knowing that the Lord is going to hold everyone accountable. Anybody and everybody that has gone up against a Christian will pay for it. They will be judged for it. They will suffer for it unless they come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and get it washed in the blood. Simple as that. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. God doing the payback. We don't have to worry about doing payback ourselves when somebody comes up against you, persecutes you, in whatever manner it might be. The Lord's going to take care of that. As it continues, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the judgments that are going to be coming down on this planet during the tribulation time and at the end of the millennial period. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day. When he comes down in that day, he's talking about coming down to establish the millennial kingdom and then eventually even speaking of the judgments that will befall people at the great white throne judgment. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. The calling that we have received, the calling to come to the Lord and to be submissive to him and to be able to participate with him in a godly work, that is our calling. Whatever position we've been given, as we've studied before about the various parts of the body of Christ, whatever part you've been called to be, do it to the fullest. Is that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and ye in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. According to... To his grace. It is by grace that he has allowed us to be a part of his work. It is by grace that he has made available to us forgiveness and salvation and adoption into his family, a glorified body to look forward to and be able to be with him for eternity when he comes down from heaven and establishes the millennial kingdom to be able to be working with him for that thousand years, and then rolling all that over into the new heaven and the new earth. Awesome. So much to look forward to. All right now turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's pick it up in verse 10. Now, of course, Hebrews is a letter to the Hebrews. It is supposed that maybe Luke wrote this. We don't have confirmation for sure, but the style of the light, the writing and some of the content of it suggests that Luke actually wrote this. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Taking it right to creation. Jesus Christ created everything. Everything in existence, spoken into existence by Jesus Christ, even the heavens itself, they shall perish, like I referred to earlier. He's going to destroy heaven and earth. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that we have to look forward to. How big is it going to be? We don't know. It might be a million times bigger than this one. But it's going to be way beyond what we could ever imagine in beauty and splendor and glory that we'll be able to enjoy and that beautiful city, New Jerusalem, coming down and lighting upon the earth, 1,500-mile square cube of a city with those 12 gates, we'll be able to go in and come out and then go out and enjoy the creation and go in and worship God. So much ahead of us. It is so awesome. 
And once again, back here in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 10, And thou, Lord, is in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. So we see he's in control of it. He's going to destroy it when it's time to destroy it and create all anew for us. And we'll be able to enjoy that for eternity. So much to look forward to, as I say. All right, now on over to Hebrews chapter 4, picking up in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, of course, speaking of Jesus Christ, that is passed into the heavens... Because Jesus Christ sits on the right hand of the Father right now, our great high priest, the propitiation for our sins, our advocate, as it says over in the small epistle of John. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Read 14 again. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. That's our profession of faith our profession and trust, our acknowledgement of Him as our Lord and Savior. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He come down, took on flesh, lived amongst us, so He could relate to us directly face to face. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." come down from heaven to live amongst us that 33 years and so, and encountered the temptations of a mortal man, overcome them, lived without sin, giving us the example that it was possible. All right, now over to Hebrews chapter 8, a couple of verses here. It is now of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Of course, that's Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father right now. He's a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices whereof it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. It's like we wouldn't have needed him to be down here because we already have all those. But no, he's our great high priest. He's up in heaven. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, doing it right, doing it for us. So awesome that we have that to look forward to as he tells us over there in the small epistle of John, over there in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He saith in 
He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of Christ perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Jesus Christ come down from heaven, lived amongst us, gave us that example of how to, to walk, how to behave. He is the one we need to idolize. He is the one we need to look up to. He is the one we need to emulate and be as much like as we possibly can. Don't look at any other man on this planet and think you want to be like them, man, woman, child, whatever. You look at Jesus Christ. He's the only one that you want to model your life after. Jesus Christ. He did it right. We need to do it right also to bring honor and glory to Him and be looking forward to that beautiful brand new heaven, brand new earth that we'll read about next time in the writings of Peter. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. So current, so awesome, and so informational. Help all of us to always have that hunger to dig deep into there, to find that faith-building knowledge that comes from studying your word, and then encourage us to go out and shine that light into this dark world, this corrupt and perverse nation that you spoke of earlier. We truly see that increasing and we truly know that it is so awesome that you allow us to be a part of your work. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.